Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chicago. I'm Rick here with Jack, and the Sox beat the Sox. The Red Sox beat the White Sox. Jack, what the fuck just happened? <sighs> Probably the worst <laughs> loss of the year, <clears throat> if not the other. Uh, being earlier in the year, I can't remember who it was against, but it might have been New York, actually. It was either this yeah. or New York. This might have been worse. Um, Dylan C started. He lasted three innings. He gave up seven. Jesus. I turned it off after the fourth inning, I think. I think whenever <laughs> Jose Ruiz came into the game and gave up a home run to Devers, that's when I turned it off. Um, you said no more. <laughs> Trevor Story went deep in the first. They scored four in the first. Um, I think another two in the second, and then like one in the third before Cease was was pulled. So um, not his finest finest start in the world. Um, Sox bats kind of didn't do much either. I think they scored three runs. Um, yeah, sixteen to three. So. It's tough. It's tough because you come off a you know a game where they played so well in uh, you know a doubleheader night in in New York where they mm -hmm. played so well and you kind of come out and, and lay an egg against a team that's now won six in a row in Boston. They're streaking. They're streaking towards five hundred. You know the Sox can't really seem to get over that um, two game over five hundred mark is really what they're struggling to get over right now. And um, you know piecing some some wins consecutively together would be. Um, kind of very helpful in this, you know, tight AL, actually not that tight AL race right now, you know, five games yeah. back. It's, um, it's, uh, it's concerning, but, you know, I think you look at it, Jose Abreu has like four or five home runs, like, you know, Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn are, are, you know, hitting the ball well, but all these guys, like, Abreu's going to have 20 home runs, I guarantee it. Can, that, that's going to come. Uh, T.A. is hitting the ball well. He's seeing it. He's not striking out. Um, Moncada is getting healthy. You'll see people get healthy. I don't know. I kind of wanted to uh, – I was going to put it at – you brought it up. You put me on the spot. You brought up the Red Sox game. I, I, in our notes, I you know, uh, got killed by the Sox tonight. <laughs> Awful game. Yeah. Put it in the rear view. Wanted to talk the Yankees series. We covered it a little bit on – on three up, three down, as, yes. as we'll get into it after. I'm going to break down the games. Mm -hmm. I will say, for all you listeners out there, there's a beautiful rant that I'm sure will end up on our Instagram from uh, um, from Mr. Rick about <laughs> Yankee fans. But Oh, absolutely. Um, we will uh, we'll, we'll shortly cover the uh, what will be known as the Donaldson game. Uh, but we'll start there. 7-5 loss, game one on Saturday, game... One of the series was originally supposed to be Friday, but that was rained mm -hmm. out, and a doubleheader was scheduled for Sunday. Uh, but yeah, Cortez would get the win, Dallas Keiko got the start, and they jumped out to an immediate 5 nothing lead. Sox answered back with a three-run shot from Abreu, but the Yankees would add on more. Uh, they'd add on six runs, and Sox would call out within one uh, from some RBIs from Garcia and Harrison. I both think they were doubles that drove in some runs. Uh, before the Yankees would add on another run to make it 7-5 and close her out. Keuchel struggled, went four innings, six hits, six runs, no strikeouts, three walks. Overall just sucked. Jose Ruiz, <laughs> who's kind of struggled as well, uh, would give up the other run. Uh, 
And yeah, it was a tough, tough outing. You know, the Sox couldn't really get anything um, going their way. Pitching was was tough on Keiko's end. It looks like, you know, with the addition of Cueto to the rotation here recently, and him pitching a, a great outing again on Sunday, um, you know, the days of Keiko in a, a Sox uniform look to be numbered as as you'd look for for them to kind of buy him out of his his contract mm-hmm. potentially and. Um, you know, I know he's had a he's strung I think two good outings together, and and I'd love to see it be, you know, more and more of good outings. But I, I just the the production hasn't been there, and and when you have pitchers that are coming up in the organization that that could be um, contributing more, I think mm-hmm. you gotta seriously can think about that option, especially when you're five games back and and starting to kind of realize you can't afford to to drop series and and lose consecutive games. So. Uh, that was kind of Friday's game. Uh, the Josh Donaldson game reason would uh, we'll, we'll we'll break it down and then or I'll tell the situation and then we'll break it down after the Yankees yeah. recap. But uh, he was rounding the bases in the middle innings and was drawing to Tim Anderson and, and actually referred to him as "What's up, Jackie." Uh, Tim Anderson would would later would later tell in his interview that he was very disrespected and. And, you know, it's a known thing throughout the last few weeks that Donaldson and, and Anderson have not gotten along. And there was a, a tag at third in Chicago that was questionable from Donaldson. and To keep it um, lightly, right? <laughs> and some Gita Leo beef last year with all the st- sticky stuff on the balls. But um, so, you know, that would ensue. Uh, T.A. And, and Donaldson would have to be pulled off the field. Donaldson by Boone and I think T.A. by... Uh, um, you know the Sox uh, uh, bench coaster. I think um, blanking out his name right now. But um, mm-hmm. and so then we'd get into later innings, and Donaldson would come up to the plate, and Grodal just gets in his ear, gives him shit, and the benches would end up clearing. Um, so like I said, we'll get back there. We'll go. We'll get into it. But let's finish the series. Um, game two, Johnny Cueto started. He goes six innings, six hits, five Ks, two walks, no earned. Runs. Um, what's been a fun fact on Cueto is he's yet to allow a run in his two starts. A first sock to to start his career in a White Sox uh, to continue his career in a White Sox uniform as an acquisition uh, to go without a win, but not giving a, an earned run. So uh, he's gone two scoreless nice, er, nice. decisionless um, starts, but scoreless in both. Uh, Joe Kelly would go on to record a two strike out relief before Kendall Graveman gave up a home run to Judge that tied it. Sox scoring came from a Grandal single early in the game that drove in Abreu, but AJ Pollock would have his first moment of um, excitement as a Sox as he hit the kind of ended up being the GWG, the game-winning home run though, um, with a home run in the ninth before Adam Engel that hit a double that scored Andrew Vaughn for some insurance to make it three-one. Liam Hendricks would go on; he would save. The game for his 13th, close it down. Sox would take the afternoon early game. Let's turn her on to ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Michael <laughs> Kopech throwing darts all freaking night long. Dude was on, he was possessed for the first six innings of the game, basically. <laughs> um, you know, he'd go five innings with, uh, you know, five innings perfect pitching. It would be broken up in the sixth by a uh, two out double from their catcher. Uh, Brantley, unfortunate, but Kopech dominated. It ended up going seven innings, and the start being his longest career start as a major league starter. He struck out six, allowing no 
runs, one hit, and two walks. Uh, his season ERA is now down to 129, 1.29. Um, it was an exciting game. I mean, you didn't see scoring until the eighth inning. The Sox would get all their scoring on a two-out rally. Basically, they had burners on. They couldn't really capitalize all night. It was a story of of stranded uh, stranded base runners on the path. I think they stranded at least eight runners before they scored. They had the bases loaded with no outs, weren't able to score. I was ready to uh, go for a walk. Didn't go for a walk and, and maintained and kept watching the game, thankfully. Uh, and so the bottom of the order with uh, um, Andrew Vaughn singling, driving in a run, and uh, McGuire also singling that drove in a run before T.A., would clear the bases with a three-out, uh, three-run bomb, while silencing the haters of New York, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sending uh, sending them home quietly. As the Sox would then close up the game and win five nothing. Uh, Matt Foster and Ray Low Lopez, Ronaldo Lopez, would close out that one. Um, yeah, that was the Yankees series. It's a two-one win, the second. Series lost for those New York pesky motherfucking Yankees. <laughs> um, I would say before we finish out this segment with the with the Donaldson stuff, quickly, Lance Lynn and Eloy Jimenez could be sent to their minor league rehabs assignments as soon as next week, according to Rick Hahn. It's reasonable to expect that both players will continue on a pace that would allow them to begin rehab assignments within the week. Um, next week, Han said. So that will be very exciting to have them back. Luis Robert did enter the COVID IR list um, today, mm. in fact, but Jake Berger was called up for uh, the roster spot from AAA. But yeah, no, I mean, immediately, I know like, we talked about this last night and, and today on, you know, you could see it in, today on 3 Up, 3 Down, mm-hmm. uh, but the Donaldson game, um, as it's later come out, he has been handed a one-game suspension, and a fine. He's appealing both. He wants his day in court. Donaldson was also added to the COVID list, I believe, yesterday. So he's on the COVID IR as well. Um, Fucking cop out. <laughs> you know, there's the dude's a piece of shit. You've seen yeah. Grandal take, uh, take a nice stance for TA, backing him up. Um, Kendall... Or, uh, Hendricks was was quoted saying, you know, if you don't know the guy, you can't really joke with the guy, and and if it's not mm-hmm. really a joke, you know, you can't really say that unless you're trying to, you know, incite something. And it was very questionable comments from from Mr. Donaldson, and uh, you know, he was referring to an article where where Tim felt like he was being the you know being a, a similar of the sorts of Jackie in the sense that he's trying to bring more fun to the game. He never really referred to himself as Jackie, but, um, you know, I think, uh, mm-hmm. um, no matter what, you, you know, you know, these guys aren't friends. Like I hinted at in the situation in Chicago, they had a, uh, they had an issue, uh, at, uh with a tag at third, um, it has later come out that that Donaldson was apparently had said it when he said it in Atlanta that Tim told him you know you, you can't talk to me like that like you know we're not friends yeah. you know don't don't say that shit so you know you're kind of seeing both sides obviously there's been some tough Yankees fans Tim Anderson was booed all day Sunday he did not play in the morning game but did play in the second game and as he does he silences the haters a little sh- yeah. to the crowd a little, a little how hush, you hush. do. We'll see you later. Um, 
And yeah, no, it's it was an interesting interesting situation. It'll be interesting to see where the league lands on it. I think that's uh, you know kind of you've seen a lot of support from some sides of the media. You've seen you know support from the New York side be towards Donaldson. So <laughs> um, I don't know. It, I, I'm interested to see what you've got. I know we talked about it last night. Maybe you've cooled off a little bit and have a a, a semi different opinion or the same. I don't know. <laughs> no and. Uh, that's what I was going to say, like, especially after what, you know, Donaldson said, oh, yeah, in Atlanta, you told me not to tell him that. Well, then why the fuck are you saying that, right? Like, I had said it on three up, three down, and if you guys really want to, like, <laughs> catch my rant on Donaldson and just really the Yankees in general, go definitely go listen to the last episode. Um, but, you know, if, if, if someone tells you not to talk to him like that, you know, there's, there's a respect, right? Like there's definitely that. And I, I talked about it on three up, three down. There's a mental edge that you want to do when you're in competition at the major league level. And I understand that. But if a person goes, Hey, don't call me Jackie. They've already told you, Hey, don't say this. Don't do that. Don't refer to this, whatever. Just don't do it, man. It's, it's, it's really just a common courtesy as a person really. Right. Because I understand the competition, um, aspect of it all. And you want to get that, that edge over somebody, but again, don't talk to them or don't say certain things to them that they've already been like, Hey man, I'm coming to you as a human being, as a man, man, to man, right. Person to person. Don't say that. Okay. Take that. And, and, and that's it. That should be the last time you talk, you, you say certain things to them. So the fact that Donaldson was like, Oh yeah, he told me not to say anything. And then he still said it like, again, dick move. Um, Posted a clip on the uh, on the uh, Crack One Media Instagram of a Yankees fan taking away a, like a ball that was thrown to a, to another fan, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's a Yankees fan, so whatever." Um, <laughs> so that just you know that video that we have up on the story right now is just it's basically the Yankees fans in a nutshell. And Josh Donaldson has not been a very cool guy, cool MLB player, like I guess his entire career. Everybody fucking hates this guy unless you know he's on your team. So he's just taking that attitude to another level and, you know, eventually he's going to be out of the league. Nobody's going to remember his name, especially when he was on the Yankees. So, um, yeah, if you want to catch my rant on the Yankees and Josh Donaldson, definitely go listen to three up, three down because I was pretty spirited in that rant. And I think Jack would agree with that. Well, I, I tried to wait to add him to our list. Um, unfortunately, I, <laughs> oh, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't hold it. Uh, so he has been added to the big leagues Chicago's band list as long as, <laughs> as, as with the uh, uh, Yankees fans base in general. So, yep, uh, yep. yep. Nope. See you later, <laughs> New York. Don't care for you. Josh Donaldson, suck a fat one. We'll talk later. <laughs> and I loved again. I love that Tim Anderson just hit that three-run bomb on him and and just kind of shushed them and you know it's good for him. But yes, sir. Yeah, I loved it. That was a great moment. So, <clears throat> all right, let's go. Let's move on to the Cubs. Um, kind of you know from from when we last uh, last episode they were on a four-game win streak against the uh, one game against the D-backs, three games against the Pirates. Since then, they were on a four-game losing streak, and now they're on a three-game win streak. So the Cubs are very hot and cold. But after winning four in a row, the Cubs lost three games. Uh, uh, the last game of the Pirates series, uh, three to two, and then as well as the first three games of a four-game set against the D-backs, they lost three to one, ten to six, seven to six, before winning game four, five to four. Um, one of the coolest things, though, was. Um, 
the 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 night we were recording the last episode, uh, we had uh, Cubs prospects Christopher Morrell and Brandon Hughes had come up, had been called up to the to the majors, playing their first game against the Pirates, and they had awesome awesome first games in the majors. So Hughes, Brandon Hughes, struck out his first five batters he faced. Like his first five were all strikeouts, and then walking one. Uh, so he had about, I think he had an, uh, uh, two two innings pitched in his debut. And then Christopher Morrell came in to pinch hit, had a bomb home run. And he knew it. As soon as it came off the bat, dude, he was like, he was already celebrating. He was celebrating so hard, he missed first base, had to come back and, and touch it. Um, so so they had great debuts, and that was in uh, their uh, last one against the Pirates. First pitch um, of the they, AB, too, right? Uh, no, it wasn't the first pitch. I think it was a couple pitches in, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to look back to uh, make sure. But I think he was. I think he. I think he had like a favorable count, and he just fucking just destroyed that ball, sent it into left field. Um, but uh, almost onto Waveland too, which was fucking awesome. But you know, then the then you know, kind of going back before the Pirates, they 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 beat the D-backs two out of three, and I was like, oh man, they get to see them again this weekend, right? Yeah, definitely a very, uh, <laughs> very bad foresight on my on my end because Kyle Hendricks struggled completely against the D backs in in the in game two of the series. They had already lost game one three to one, um, but he came into game two, gave up eight hits and seven earned runs, four of which were homers, and only five innings pitched. So he's currently dragging along a four point eight nine ERA, and then a combination of Norris, Givens, and Zellman gave up one run each to make it 10 for the D-backs in that game two, 10 to 6 loss. Really the only positives from that game was uh, another homer from uh, Morrell, VR, Wisdom, and Vargas also homered in that game. And then we go into game three, Justin Steele just just worked his magic. Five innings pitched, only one hit, walking two, and struck out nine. Schwindel and Wisdom hit back-to-back homers uh, for in the second and then the Cubs scored two more in the third to make it 4-0 uh, up until the eighth. You know, the bullpen gave up four runs in the seventh. It combined in the seventh and the eighth to give up the lead. And inevitably the loss, Rowan Wick gave up the game-winning run at the top of the tenth. Uh, so they lost that one 7-6 for game uh, game uh, three. Uh, but Justin Steele, you know, uh, not he hasn't he hasn't been great this year. So you know five innings pitched with no runs and only one hit, striking out nine. Like really really good on him. So you know the 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 starting rotation, you know minus Hendricks in that game that that game two against the uh, D backs, getting a little bit better and um, even it even continued into game four with Wade Miley. Um, you know, he pitched six innings, gave up three runs. You know, he left with a no decision, but that's a quality start. And then Keegan Thompson uh, took the W after he pitched the remaining three innings. And Keegan Thompson, there's just not much you can say about him. He's He's been amazing this season. And Schwindel and Wisdom, again, went back-to-back on homers for the second game in a row in the bottom of the eighth. They, and they gave the Cubs a lead 5-4 uh, to four, heading into the ninth. So they won that. And, uh, yeah, Keegan Thompson took the took the dub on that one pitching the ninth. And then the Cubs started their um, their series in Cincy, and I wrote here in the notes, <laughs> I love when the Cubs go to Cincinnati. I don't know what it is. I feel like every time I watch a game and they're in Cincinnati, they win. Um, so I just love going to Cincy, and more often than not, the Cubs are the better team, and the fact that Cincinnati is the worst team in the league is even better. 
So that just makes this series, you know, very awesome to watch. And, you know, they're going to be the, uh, the, uh, what is it? Field of dream game. So, you know, two powerhouse NL teams going at it and the <laughs> real Jackson. powerhouses, real power. <laughs> Dude, what do you mean? Like the, you know, they, they beat the, they beat the red seven, four in this game. Wisdom is, is going crazy by the way. Wisdom is homered again, uh, 10 home runs. Uh, in the first game against Cincy, he's making up for all the strikeouts. And then Hap added another three-run home run to beat the Red 7-4. Smiley uh, pitched five and two-thirds, gave up three runs. And then David Robertson got the save uh, for his sixth on the season. And then earlier tonight, uh, before we started recording, the Cubs mashed the Reds again, winning 11-4. Uh, two homers for Frank the Tank Schwindel. And cool stat, Cubs lead the majors in homers since May 14th with 19. That's that's 10 days of just 19 home runs. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, they are just showing power for some reason. And I don't know if it's because they're going against the, the Diamondbacks, the Pirates, and, and the Reds, but I don't even give a shit. Like, this is, this is great. I love it. So, uh, 19 dingers in that stretch. Love to see them get these dubs, and then Morel added a Morel added a hit and an RBI for four in the season, and he's only had he's only been in a few games, so four RBIs already. Wisdom had two hits and two runs. Marcus Stroman, uh, he started the game off pretty rough. I think he gave up. I think he pitched like thirty-seven pitches in the first inning and gave up uh, two earned runs, but he struck out eight and was pretty much cruising after the first. So he went five innings pitch total, and um, was it? Oh, uh, Zellman and uh, who else was it? Somebody else. They closed the game out, but you know they were already up big. So eleven to four, they beat the uh, the Reds earlier today. Cubs get their 18th one of the season, eighteen and twenty four on the year so far. I think they're still third in the Central, but to be honest, who knows? Um, and all this stuff, you know, with like wisdom hitting homers. Frank the Tank hitting homers, Hap, um, you know. Correction, correction, Frank Frank the Tank was Frank Thomas. Frank the Tank <laughs> no, was never. No, he was not. Bullshit. Frank Thomas was on steroids. We all know it. <laughs> oh, this man's. This man's is wild. <laughs> That's the same look I had when you, when you told me that uh, Arietta was on steroids. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look at that. He's like, eh, maybe. Um, but yeah, with all these guys, you know, doing really well right now, it, it just, like, who knows what's going to happen um, towards the middle of the season. You know, somebody wants some power, and trade away Frank the Tank, trade away Wisdom. Um, you know, those those questions are always coming up. And as I watch this season, as you know, as, as I watch more and more games, I'm just like, yeah, that guy's gone by the trade deadline, this guy's gone by the trade deadline. You know what I mean? And it kind of sucks. But at the same time, I get it. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, but uh, one one guy missing from these last couple of games was Wilson Contreras, day-to-day uh, -day with a hamstring injury. Um, on Sunday, Contreras let him know that he had some tightness in his right hamstring. He left Saturday's 7-6 to loss to the D-backs after he got hurt, running the bases in the third. And then he was out of the lineup uh, in the series finale against the D-backs. Uh, Considered day-to-day. -day. I don't know if he started today, although I think it was Jan Gomes. Um, I will double-check that right meow. 
Yeah, no, it was definitely who's catcher. Yeah, oh Higgins. Actually, they they called up a guy. Um, what was it? What's his name? What's his name? PJ Higgins from AAA. So they uh, designated Eldemaro Vargas for assignment, but Higgins came in. And yeah, you know, he's Contreras day to day right now. So they, you know, they brought up Higgins and they have young Gomes there. Um, and Contreras, you know, this is going to kind of like hurt his status, but, uh, batting 258 with five homers and 14 RBIs in 34 games. Although he has been pretty good for the Cubs energy wise, but you know, it just kind of like brings, brings his value a little bit down. Who knows if he's, you know, the Cubs extend them or, you know, cause he's 30 years old. So, um, and for catchers, that is uh, that's pretty old, unless you're fucking Yadier Molina or some shit like that. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll see what happens with Contreras uh, as far as his injury day to day for now. But we'll see if they put him on the IL. And then some cool, uh, something really really cool uh, over the weekend. The Cubs added a statue of Fergie Jenkins on Statue Row. Um, Friday morning. They unveiled the statue of six-time twenty-game winner Fergie Jenkins. By the way, so he had to, he he had a quote: "The statue is sitting beside my fellow teammates, Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, Ron Santo. Uh, believe me, I'm humbled. So it's good to add a, a fourth statue to Statue Row there, um, as well as uh, as well as uh, Harry Carey's. I think his is on there uh, in Statue Row. I'm pretty sure it has to be." Uh, because they moved all of them, you know, they, they kind of had a couple like scattered around the stadium outside or whatever, but they got like a whole row of them now. And just a few, uh, just a few stats on, uh, Fergie Jenkins from 1966 to 73 and 82 to 83, he played with the Cubs through 154 complete games, career high, 325 innings in 71. He's a, one of only 11 pitchers in MLB history with 4,500 innings pitched, had 3000 career strikeouts. Finished in the top six in Cy Young voting six times and taking and he took home the award in seventy one when he had those three hundred and twenty five innings pitch. So you know, great great uh great add to the to the uh, ro- uh statue row there for Fergie Jenkins and you know, well deserved, well deserved to a to a Hall of Famer and a Cubs great. Yeah, no, you you gotta respect it. You gotta respect it. Dude was dude was a machine, dude was a stud. So, I, I, the, I like it. Late I like 60s, it. early 70s? Hell yeah. Still didn't win you a championship, but that's all right. Yeah, I know. Shut up, though. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to do that? Why you got to do that for me, so? <laughs> uh, But yeah, the, <laughs> the Cubs and Sox kind of enjoying a little bit of opposite of uh, feelings right now. I know I'm pretty happy they're playing the fucking Cincinnati Reds. Although I did want to ask you, how worried are you with this loss against the so- against the Red Sox? Like, is this like maybe Dylan Cease had a bad game? Like, you know, is this kind of because they came off the Yankee series hot? You know what I mean? Especially with all the shit that happened with Anderson and uh, and Donaldson. And so, are you kind of worried about this loss, or is this just more of like a Dylan Cease had a bad game and just like the whole club had a bad game? Well, I think you know it, it might have been first pitch gone mm-hmm. with uh, Kiki Hernandez in the first inning. It was first at AB. I know he went deep, but mm-hmm. uh, so Dylan Cease wasn't hitting his spots. He was making a lot of mistakes early. Um, I do think that contributed a lot. I mean, when you score 16 runs in five innings, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not really, you know, 
three innings by the fifth, three runs by the fifth inning, and you're like, you're okay, you know, if you're averaging, you know, like the Yankees going to the Sox series, we're averaging like 4.9 runs a game, you know. Yeah. Anyone who's got fucking 16 runs by the fifth <laughs> inning, you know. It's, yeah, I mean, am I concerned? It's it's not a great win, that's for sure. It'll yeah. piss them off. I think they'll respond well tomorrow. Um, it is a team that's fourth in the AL East, but they've won, you know, now six in a row games. Yep. So, uh, um, you know, I, I understand it's going to happen. You don't like it when it's 16. You know, that's a, it's a little bit of a, uh, not a little bit, it's a very lopsided number relative to three. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I think, you know, I think, like I said, we're going to get healthier. We're going to get some more consistency from our, our rotation once you get Lynn back in there. I think that will bolster and, you know, kind of help morale in general. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think this team will get hot, and I think they'll get some, some wins. And, and I still have my faith. I'm not losing it yet, but... Uh, uh, not yet. No, 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 no. no. I mean, we're... <laughs> I, I don't know. i got to check the odds. I think they were still favorited after the weekend to win the AL Central. I'm mm-hmm. sure that, that's, that probably got to change at some point now that, like, we talked about we're a quarter way through the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, string some ball games together, win some games. I'll be there Thursday night. I'll you know, I'll let you know pretty quickly what the what the mood is is then. Uh, but I think you got to respond well and and kind of silence the haters tomorrow night and beat a, uh, a streaking uh, Boston team. Yeah, and you know, coming into the season right with like Boston too, like they you know they were expected to be good, and you know they had the rough stretch. Trevor Story's back, so. I just don't know exactly what the feelings were with Boston, but you know, like you said, they're streaking right now, so we'll see what happens uh, in uh, Game Two of this series, or Game, yeah, Game Two, and then Thursday when you uh, head out there, or do they play tomorrow? Yeah, but it is supposed to rain like a mofo tomorrow uh, and, to, and Thursday, so we'll see what happens. Um, see if they even happen. Yeah, I mean the the Red Sox aren't in town again, so. Um, They'll they'll do everything in their power to try and make at least you know a doubleheader on Thursday happen, or if not, yeah, both games true. happen. They're they are both night games, so we'll see. Um, better than you know <laughs> the Crosstown Classic that was on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Um, <laughs> as we inch closer to um, part two of the of the cl- classic on uh, Saturday and Sunday oh, yeah. at the rate, um, Sox need to take one to. Officially, um, consider the win. Otherwise, they were handed the trophy at Wrigley Field because they win it due to a tie. Um, regardless, since they that's kind of been the thing for the last few years. Yeah, I think so. They got to do it how we talked about it with Eric that one time, man. Like, they really got to make it like a five game season series or something. I don't know. That'd be a lot cooler. Absolutely. You know, three and two or or four and three. If if we could boost it to. Uh, Oh, maybe not a seven game, but I don't know. Six game series, make it something interesting. Make it, make yeah. it mean something. Something fun, yeah. Something for all of us to hate each other. You know, that'd be that'd be great. Um, but all right, that was crosstown convo. I've got something for you. Let's move on to sky high. Um, Chicago sky currently four and two. Uh, so they lost against the Seattle Storm, but they got a couple wins here against the uh, Washington Mystics and just uh, earlier tonight, the Indiana Fever. So let's talk about their first game. 
close loss to Seattle, 74-71. Parker Meesman and Van der Sloot each had 11 points. But Azura Stevens led the team with 18 points and 12 assists. It wasn't enough, though, as uh, Seattle Storm's Ezzy Magbagor, I hope I said that correctly, scored 21 for the Storm in that W. And... You know, they, they this guy had a tough shooting night, thirty for sixty five in field goals and only six and seventeen six for seventeen on three pointers. Um the storm didn't necessarily outshoot them, but it was a game of rebounds. The storm out rebounded the sky thirty five thirty. But the really important stat of that was twelve of those being offensive rebounds, which just led to some second chance points and you know the score the, the storm was gonna take advantage of that. Um WNBA GOAT Sue Bird had a great full-court pass and a no-look pass for the assists and uh, kind of dominated the game, you know, just – she's the GOAT of the oh, – she's one of the GOATs of the WNBA, you know, the, the Chicago Sky have one of them as well, you know, just, uh, you know, just a lady named Candace Parker, no big deal, one of the WNBA GOATs, but no big deal, but, you know, take the L against the Storm, but – No big deal. <laughs> Uh, Sky go to Washington, who are the uh, who are leading the Eastern Conference right now, and they they pretty much handled the Mystics for majority of the game. I think really the only questionable and uh, quarter for the Sky really this season has been the second quarter. Um, but Candace Parker, you know, I mentioned her earlier, goat, fucking goat, had a triple double, sixteen points, thirteen rebounds, ten assists in thirty minutes. Uh, two for six from the three point, and that is only the twelfth triple double in WNBA history. And she joins Cheryl Swoops and Courtney Vandersloot, who's on the sky, by the way, as the only three players to accomplish that feat twice. Like, like big ups, big ups, big up, yeah, huge ups to 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 Candace Parker. You know, does it in in Chicago in her hometown? Did it once with with LA, but you know, a second triple double and. Only the twelfth one, like she literally has like I think a fifth like, of them. I think she's the only one to do it with multiple teams too, like you said, with LA and, and Chicago. Oh so. yeah, yeah, probably. We'll see if uh Courtney Vandersloot does a has a third triple double, that'd be fucking that'd be cool on the season. Um but there's plenty of help from the starters too. Copper added twelve points, Meesman added eleven, and Azura Stevens adding thirteen off the bench. Azura Stevens off the bench. I think she was off the bench as well in uh in uh in that Seattle game um, when she had 18 points and 12 assists, I'd have to look back, but she was, you know, off the bench is Stevens is doing really well. And she just keeps getting, you know, she's in the double digits every time she comes off the bench. Um, and then they played the Indiana fever earlier tonight, 195 90. It was a pretty close game in the third quarter. Candace Parker led the team, 16 points, three blocks, six rebounds, and seven assists. And again, Azura Stevens off the bench to contribute 15 points and seven rebounds. And like I said earlier, they seem to struggle a lot in the second quarter uh, in pretty much all their games so far this season. But, you know, if Parker if Parker continues to do what she's doing, Stevens can come off the bench hot like she has been, uh, you know, scoring in, in, in the upper double-digit points. Uh, they should be able to get on top of the Eastern Conference in due time. And they're only a game behind the Mystics, who they just, like I just mentioned, they beat. Um, so if they can kind of do that, you know, get a couple more wins here. And, you know, if they they, they, they go against the uh, 
the Mystics a couple more times. They can definitely get on top of the Eastern Conference, and they start off a little slow uh, with a loss in the in the season opener, and then they finally got another win, loss again. But you know, four and two right now, uh, they're looking good. I think the I think really the the best team I think in the WNBA right now is Vegas. Vegas. It, it is Vegas. Yeah. Okay. It's so seven and one. Yeah, dude, seven and like. That's ridiculous. Seven and one to be seven and one. Jesus. Um, so yeah, across the league, Las Vegas Aces. Then it's the Washington Mystics, and then Dallas Wings are third, and then with the Chicago Sky fourth. So I mean, they're up there. You know, they're up there in standings. They're definitely going to make the playoffs, and you know, hopefully they can you know repeat. That that'd be great because after Candace Parker and doing doing her triple double thing, and you know, again, just being one of the goats and having Van der Sloot as well on the team. It's just going to make for great basketball in Chicago. And, uh, you know, after, again, the Bulls exit, we, we kind of need that good <laughs> that good basketball here in the city. Especially when you've got someone like uh, LeBron's agency spreading rumors that, uh, you know, he likes, likes, likes L.A. and wants to be in L.A. And... <laughs> Jack fucking hates him. Do you hate LeBron? I don't hate him. I don't love him. I think, you know, talented you, guy. Talented you look player. at it, they forced, you know, who signed with with that agency, they kind of forced, you know, New Orleans in the sense that they had to trade AD to LA. I had a buddy yeah. from New Orleans who, who kind of brought it up to me. And, you know, if, if Levine does it, they're doing it again. So, I don't know. I just, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, yeah, uh, Sky currently 4-2. and two. Think uh, I don't know who they have next. Let me double check here who they have next. When the next game is, it's going to be against the Aces. It's going to be against Las Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Vegas, baby. Yeah, Vegas, baby. Let's see. Uh, but the the Aces are in Chicago, and uh, games you know, on Sky ABC. Two, games on, yeah, ABC on ABC at two p.m. Two p.m. Yeah. Sky are two and one at home, and you know have have uh, gotten those wins pretty pretty nicely against the Liberty and the Fever. They lost against the Sparks in the in the season opener, opener like I said, but you know, Aces coming to Chicago, home field advantage and uh we'll home see what court, happens. Home but court, come on. Home man. court. It's going it's they got to get the dub. And then Kansas Park is going to add her third triple double of her career, so that'd be great. So, speaking of the Bulls, let's head into the C Red segment. A little bit of Levine news. Had successful knee surgery in Los Angeles. Um, team execs term surgery successful, expect a full recovery after a short rehab period. So that's good to, to, to hear from Levine, but made it, he Levine made it clear fr- Friday that he plans to explore the market as an unrestricted free agent for the first time in his career, calling it a big decision for him and his family. Uh, he was quoted saying, you guys have been a really, really soft spot in my heart. I have to do this as a business decision as a man to not just be viewed one way and be like, I'm automatically coming back or I'm automatically leaving. I get that. Right. I completely get where, where Levine's coming from because the argument is always like, is the team right for treating these guys as a, you know, as a business decision or are the, are the players wrong or are the players right for treating this as a, as a business decision? Both of them should treat it as a business. They're both making millions of dollars off each other, you know? So I don't really, um, I can see why he wants to do it, you know? Um, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know where where you stand on all this. I, I kind of don't really like have a, have a horse in the race or whatever. 
So I'm not sure what, how you really feel about that. Oh, I, I view it in a it, I view it like this. Uh, the guy lives in in L.A. in the off season. You know, he calls L.A. Yeah. home. He went to UCLA. Um, L.A. the Lakers they can't really make it work right now. That doesn't mean they won't try and make it work. Um, I think if the Bulls let Levine go, given the situation they're in and just mm-hmm. who the studs of the free agency class are, you take such a step back in a regression with letting Levine walk that they're kind of forced in the hand that you have to offer the big money to Levine and you got to sign him because uh, otherwise you're taking a step back. I mean, you know, I know um, – he was hurt a lot of this season, and DeRozan carried yeah. a big load, and all these guys did as well. But uh, you know, who the heck knows with with Lonzo and his knee, and uh, you know, as we saw yeah. with Vooch and, and DeRozan, you know, they're all getting a year older. Um, so, what will that mean for for everyone's production? I, you know, I, I have questions without Levine in that lineup, at least uh, consistently, and not not being there versus not being in the lineup due to injury. Um, I think it's a big issue. You know, I think you have to go out and re-sign Levine in that sense. Um, is it a short contract? Maybe. You know, about I yeah. doubt that's that attractive to Levine. You know, I think when you look at it, the teams that are interested, I've heard Atlanta and um, L.A. and one other team as well. I'm blanking on it. But, uh, you know, someone's going to offer him the bank and – um, if he feels like it's a, it's, uh, and I agree with you, it is a business decision, mm-hmm. and it's a, what have you done now lately? Market for teams yeah. and and players need to go get paid, and I understand that, and I accept that, and I agree with it. Um, I just mm-hmm. think the Bulls are are kind of in a tough, you know, it's not that Levine has him by his balls, but um, you know he kind of does. Yeah, and I mean, really, what uh, what what Karnasovas did, right, this this uh, last offseason and uh, last uh, season during the trade deadline was, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in guys that are going to compliment you, right? Because he realized Zach Levine has carried this team for the last few years. Um, so he brought in Vooch, he brought in DeMar, he brought in Lonzo, he brought in Caruso. DeMar is really, really the only guy I can see that can really take over. You saw him take over a lot of games, Um this past season, right? And really, Lonzo or Lonzo Levine um, played really well with Demar. Don't get me wrong; these they were very they played very well. You know, they're 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 score each scoring twenty five plus points every you know every game almost. It felt like, but you know, when it came to the playoffs, right? And Demar was struggling, and you know, the the Bucks really kind of put the clamps on him, really, right? It didn't seem like Levine was uh, kind of took that next step that you wanted, and you know taking over the game, getting those threes. And don't get me wrong, he was shooting, he was shooting, and that's exactly what he should have been done. But he, he, it's just they weren't going in. I don't know if it was bad luck. I don't know if if maybe something was off with his shot. I don't know if it was the injury. Um, you know, and I think a lot of us Bulls fans really like to be like, yeah, man, it was the injury, right? Like, it, this isn't the Levine that we know and love, right? So we could really kind of like, uh, uh, you know, I guess just say, yeah, it was the injury, right? But it did suck not being able to see Levine kind of take that next step in the playoffs, right? Because, you know, like I said, DeMar got the clamps put on him. Vooch was was doing pretty well, but not, not oh, great he got COVID. in the playoffs. And he got COVID, and he got COVID I mean, that game uh, game five, right? 
Yeah, game five. Yeah, so he got COVID. And so there really isn't anybody else that you would count on except DeMar. And he needs somebody there who's a second option. Um, I don't think it's Caruso. I don't think it's Lonzo. Uh, Vooch can, you know, maybe some games turn it on. But like a lot of the games last season, we were kind of like, all right, well, Vooch is playing like like a bitch right now, so I guess he's not going to score more than like twelve points right now, right? You know, so it, it, they they need that second option for Demar because then all next season, all teams could just be like, all right, well, let's just double team Demar, make sure to 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 play uh, his uh, right side so he goes left where he can't shoot from the mid range, and now it's like, okay, well, the Bulls are are now maybe playing average basketball or they're under five hundred, so. Again, I respect the decision by Zach to be like, hey, I, this is money on the table and this is business as well. Because any other day, like the, 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 the organization could just drop his ass too, right? But one thing that is kind of good for the Bulls, maybe maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, Zach was not chosen to be all NBA. He was definitely not the MVP or defensive player of the year. So the 245 or 250 million supermax deal is automatically off the table, and I think the most teams can offer him right now are 212 million over five years. Um, so that can play into the Bulls' hand. You know, now they know. Okay, well, we this is how much we can pay him. And like you said, maybe a shorter deal may not necessarily be what uh, Zach wants, but he's 27 years old right now. You know, three year deal puts him at 30. You know, and. and and a guy like that who who definitely likes to shoot from three, he he wouldn't be you know a terrible signing at thirty for you know triple digits in the million or you know like like nine nine figure salary you know what I mean uh, for someone at thirty who likes to shoot from three which is what the game is now um, so you know if he decides to like what you said go to L A because he's from UCLA you know he wants to play on the Lakers which by the way. If you guys haven't seen uh, Winning Time on HBO, that fucking show is amazing, and it makes me want to be a Lakers great fan. Show. Right, right, like that. That may, that makes me want to be a Lakers fan. Like I'm, a, I think I've watched all the episodes in like two weeks. Like that's how good of a show it is. But um, you guys should definitely check it out. It makes me want to be a Lakers fan, but I'm still see red, baby. Let's go. But no doubt. Um. So that's what's happening with uh, Levine, and then. Uh, uh, Karnasova said, we have a relationship with him. He knows exactly what to expect here. Uh, we have a really good relationship with him. The last two years have been the best two years of his career, so we'll see what happens. That's kind of just like him being like, hey, man, you know, we'll get a couple more weapons for you if you want. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make the last two years, which, like he said, have been his best of his career. We'll make him better if you come back. So we'll see what happens there. But most of you get paid now is 212 over five, so... That is uh that's something the Bulls can uh can do for sure. Um speaking of DeRozan, he got a uh, second team all NBA honors. Um I mean, you know, we look back at his season back to back game winning three pointers on consecutive days, you know, the uh New Year's Eve heave, the New Year's Day play, uh first time in NBA history that ever has happened. He went on a streak of eight straight 35-point games on 50% or better shooting. Also hadn't been done before. Um, and he had the highest scoring average of his entire 13-year career. So he definitely benefited from being on the Bulls. And, you know, he still, unfortunately, he was very, very much uh, uh, exposed in the playoffs against the Bucks. So he needs that second scoring option. And Yeah, man, good for him on getting second, you know, second team All-NBA honors. 
uh, for DeMar. Big ups, big ups. Dude was a stud. I mean, like you said, the back-to-back game winners, the 35-point game streak. He did it all. He did it while the Levine was hurt, too. Yeah, Um, yeah. So I just would love, I would just love to see Ball, Rosen, Levine, Mm -hmm. Vukovic, Williams, all healthy, all yeah. on the court at the same time for full, full season, and see what happens. You know, we didn't get to see it this year um, because of the injuries stacking up. So, uh, but yeah, no, I would say congrats to Demar on the second team. I'm sure it stings a little bit that he wasn't first, given the, all the performances. But <laughs> all the shit he did, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you'll take a you'll take a an award any day of the week. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, we went to the playoffs, we lost against the Bucks, and I feel like we don't look back and appreciate it, and I feel like we can now. The Bulls won 46 games. They were 46 and 36. Like, like that's amazing from what we've endured the last few years, right? So, kind of nice to just, like, look back on the on a great season with DeRozan, uh, doing all that cool shit, and then just winning 46 games, so... Um, another cool stat, another cool little uh, tidbit here. Bulls are going to be playing the Pistons in Paris in 2023. It's going to happen January 19th. Uh, it's going to mark the franchise's third ever game in Paris and uh, first one in more than 25 years. Last time the Bulls played in Europe, it was in 1997 for the McDonald's Championship. I think if you guys watched uh, The Last Dance on Netflix, they actually show some clips of uh, of that game going on in '97. Jordan led twenty led the game with twenty seven points, um, thrashed the then European champion Olympiakos in the final of one hundred and four to seventy eight, and you know with Jordan on the team, of course. But even cooler little stat: the leading scorer for the Olympiakos in that game was Arturis Karnasovas, nineteen points. Like this is just like it's small just a, world. You know, yeah, dude. Like this is just a circle of life completing. So, cool little stat there from uh, from uh, the Bulls. Um, but yeah, man, you got anything else on the Sea Red segment? Uh, I think that does it. Indeed, indeed. Let's move on to Bears breakdown. Couple cool things happening uh, with the Bears. Apparently, the Bears coaches impressed with Eddie Jackson at OTAs. Off to a good start. Safeties coach Andre Curtis was saying he's working hard through OTAs and getting better. He's asking the right questions. He's being a leader in the room, and he's like all the stuff he's seen from him so far. But it's pretty obvious. Jackson has not been himself since that 2018 year where he was getting uh, interceptions, getting pick sixes, you know, all that good shit. And what they're really looking forward from Jackson is, first of all, tackle in the open field. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, get a guy down in the open field, uh, get a couple tackles that way, and also be a mentor to uh, Brisker, the, the safety they uh, drafted in the second round. So a couple things for him to work on there. Um, I don't know. What do you, you think Jackson, you know, he's already kind of made his money. He's still on the younger side. Is he going to, like, Brisker's probably going to play in the beginning of the season with him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My... I'm pretty anti-Eddie at this point, to be completely honest. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Me too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it, it's got to be somewhat of an improvement, I think, than from last year. Uh, as long as he can stay on the field. 
Uh, and it will be interesting to see what Brisker can add. You know, being a rookie and, and coming straight in and starting is uh, it's a tough task in this lead league. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll we'll see quite quickly if he's able to mesh. You know, you kind of saw the last of this to be thrown right into the ringer was um, Jalen Johnson, and you know he kind of yep. it took him a year, but you saw flashes of him looking to be like, all right, you know this could be our top corner, and they felt confident enough in that to. Uh, move on from you know Kyle Fuller, mm-hmm. and that being said, you know now Jalen Johnson is our number one corner, and uh, you know maybe that ends up being that you know Brisker can kind of learn a few things from from Eddie Jackson. Hopefully, it's it's not Eddie's way of hitting because he doesn't hit hard enough. And um, <laughs> yeah. but no, it, it it should be exciting if they can find uh, um, a mold and, and gel on the on the defensive side. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Jalen Johnson too. They got Kyler Gordon, obviously their very first pick in the uh in the draft in the second round, so they're hoping that him and Brisker could kinda of come in and make an immediate impact on the defense. But like you said, dude, I, I am completely anti Eddie Jackson. I've you know, ever since really he just completely fell off and can't fucking make an open tackle in the open field. Uh it's just it's been rough. So um that's kind of it right there on that side. Um and then Kind of a, I don't know, I don't want to say shocking because we kind of knew this. It's just kind of on the, in the background underlying with the Bears. But Arlington Heights going to review the Bears plan in the fall. Uh, the Village Board is tentatively set for a public review of the Bears redeve- redevelopment plan for Arlington Park this fall. Um, that's going to happen after the Bears close on the property. Um, they're kind of just waiting on the Bears to submit a plan, which they haven't because, the, you know, it takes – more than you know a month or so to kind of create a brand new stadium and everything so it begs the question i think uh soldier field been there forever they're centrally located in downtown chicago uh you see a lot of these teams with brand new stadiums and you see soldier field and you're just kind of like well you know it leaves it leaves some to the imagination like man it'd be cool if we had a fucking jumbotron or some cool shit like that you know maybe a dome uh Kind of wanted to get your opinion on what what do you think about like the possible possible relocation to Arlington Arlington Heights there for the Bears? Uh, yeah, I mean they want to convert the old racetrack into into their new paradise. You will never see a Super Bowl. I know we've talked about this before. We'll never see a Super Bowl or any you know big game that's uh, well realistically just a Super Bowl. We'll never see a Super Bowl at Soldier Field. Yeah. It's too small. It's too cold. Um, it's mm-hmm. too exposed right on the lake. Uh, it's a gorgeous view. It's a gorgeous, yeah. you know, outside-looking view until you look at the stadium and see that we've got an alien satellite on the lakefront. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it's a landmark, so you can't really tear it down and rebuild. So that's not yeah. really an option. And and if the Bears feel like they can find the money to uh, uh, build this world-class facility that will bring... Super Bowls and you know national championships and and you know giant events to the state of Illinois. Great, do it. But uh, if you're asking for my money and and you know the taxpayers' money, uh, I don't I don't know if you've got it. To be honest, because I don't know where the hell they're. You know, I think it was something crazy. It was like a hundred billion, or I don't know what it was to build the new mm-hmm. SoFi Stadium, but it was yeah, it was a ridiculous. It amount. was dumb. It was dumb, dumb expensive. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it, you know, it'd be exciting to see these games here in Chicago. 
I can live with it not being here because it's so damn cold in the winter. It would have to be indoors. <laughs> you know, you see it in Indianapolis when they built Lucas Oil. They had a few. Um, I think they've had a Super Bowl. I know they've had a national championship, if not SEC or ACC or Big Ten championship games. And it'd be exciting to see that in Chicago. But, um, you know, it, it's got to be under the right terms. Definitely under the right terms. Yeah. But Soldier Field is a dump. I mean, the grass sucks. Um, it's nice, <laughs> as it, nice as it is to look at. But, you know, no one can hold a, a grip if it's raining or, or just kind True. of... After you know you've played a few games on it, it just ends up kind of falling apart. But um, I don't know. You know, there's great history in that field, but uh, maybe it is time to move on. Yeah, and I was kind of, I was kind of thinking the same thing. You know, and, and unfortunately, I, I kind of disagree with everything you said. It's a great view, and again, it's downtown Chicago. It's the Chicago Bears. It's right there in the city, right? Like it's, it's almost. It's nice to get down there because you have all the all, all the uh, public transport transportation there, um, but yeah, man, you're never gonna see anything big, you know. Like other than the bear season, like they have a couple of like festivals and like shows and stuff in Soldier Field, and I think the fire play there, if I'm not mistaken, they they, they do play at Soldier Field, um, but yeah, to in, in Arlington Heights, it's 30 minutes northwest of Chicago. You know, so it's not like the the most inconvenient place to put a, a stadium, right? And you look at a SoFi and 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 how, I mean, I'll say it, how goddamn sexy that fucking stadium looks, right? So uh, why wouldn't you want something like that for for the Bears? You know, for for a team, for a franchise that's one of the first NFL franchises ever. So um, it'll definitely take away that like bear weather thing. Uh, uh, if you want to call it an advantage or not, but I mean, it's not an advantage when even the bears are sucking it up and losing it, you know, in, in bear weather. So it kind of sucks, but I, I, for one, I wouldn't mind if it went to Arlington Heights. I would like to still, I still haven't been to a bears game at soldier field. So I'd like to do that before that happens. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never actually been. The only time I've ever been to soldier field was for a, a fire game. And that's kind of like. Oh hey, that's my first time ever going to the Soldier Field, and it's not a Bears game. So yeah, I would I'd like to at least go to one <laughs> before uh, they uh, decide to move in Marlington Heights. But again, I wouldn't mind a nice, comfortable, seventy-three degree indoor stadium, and you know, instead of freezing my ass off in the middle of November and December, you know, my brother actually went to one game, and he said that he got a hot chocolate. Uh, at one of the concession stands or whatever. And by the time he got to a seat, it was already ice in the middle of a December game. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe that is like, and I feel like a lot of people listening and who those who have gone to bears games at those times, they're probably like, yeah, bro, it's no fucking joke. So I wouldn't mind one 30 minutes away from the city. Um, if you can't get there, then I mean, what were you doing before? Like, I, I understand taking the train, but now you can take your, you can take your car, you can tailgate, you can, uh, I don't know, find parking actually this time, you know, at a stadium. So that'd be nice. Um, that'd be nice to actually find parking at a stadium and do all this, that, do all that cool stuff, you know? And then like you said, make it their paradise. So I, for one, am definitely on board with them doing it, uh, doing a brand new stadium, Arlington Heights. Again, it brings so much more, it would bring so much more money, so much more, uh, I don't know, just, just more cool shit to, uh, to the bear stadium whatever that uh, may be called in Arlington Heights. But 
yeah, let us know. Uh, let us know what you guys think. If you guys want it, move to Arlington Heights or not. Um, but yeah, man, that's kind of it on my end. You got anything else for episode 35 of Big League Chicago? As Tim Anderson said to the New York crowd, Shh, I'm going to bed. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, as uh, Jack falls asleep um, on his webcam, uh, you can <laughs> follow us on Instagram at Crackwood Media. On Twitter, I am at and now Rick. Jack is at Siffy Man. Find us on YouTube. The YouTube is up. Crack One Media. Search Crack One Media on YouTube. You'll find all our videos and our live stream from Only Football. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube. I, I forgot to put a post last week, Friday, but I will do so on the Crack One Media Instagram page for all you guys. Going to be giving out a prize once we get to 100 subscribers on YouTube. So then go to crackonemedia.com, check out our blogs, listen to our uh, podcast, check out our Meet the Team page. Meet all the that team. Cool shit. Meet the team. Meet the meet team. The, meet the fucking team, all right? You guys want to know all about only football, three up, three down, Big League Chicago, and our bloggers? Go to meet the team on uh, crackwoodmedia.com. And if you like us, support us. There's a link on the description. Share the podcast. Let the world know that you love Big League Chicago, uh, that you love myself, maybe not so much Jack because he's a Sox fan. And then rate us on Spotify and Apple. <laughs> Especially after that loss to the Red Sox. I know, I know, it's okay. Um, but uh, rate us on Spotify and Apple. And uh, yeah, man, always a pleasure, even though you probably hate me right now. Ah, love you always, love you always. <laughs> All right, man, well, I'll see you next time. Always a pleasure. See you. I like my women plus size, no lie That wide stress mass on your butt thighs That's fine by me She cooks whenever I slide Pasta burger, french fry Sometimes I don't even eat She fuck with my verses, my fluffy She swear she let me eye Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL and fit her perfect Won't catch me lurking at all My Richard once I spit saw Since so proud and so tall Those cheeks a round of applause Over and over and over again Told my homie and my parents We were only just friends At first, I couldn't let my secret out then It's getting deeper now But I don't care what others think about me Came out of depression Had to pick up the penny Get skinny nigga Thick wallet chubby Chasing them Benjamins Now I'm trying Got all day to change the name So we winning again Sound partial Welcome to the halftime show I love to leave a nigga flatline Yeah I know Niggas quick to lose cool And frown down on something new That they ain't used to
used to Like nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime shoot I love to leave a nigga flatline Yeah, I know Niggas quick to lose school And frown down on something new that they ain't used to Damn, all these little screw niggas that